0: hello and welcome back to the true crime guys podcast i'm Lauren, and i'm michael how's everybody doing are you ready for a two-parter heavy hitter serial killer this week
1: yes we were, we're just rolling we got some good momentum talking that serial killer last week right mm-hmm. so we're like let's get yeah. back to our roots let's do another serial killer let's ride this wave
0: yeah and we're gonna go up to canada and cover a recent serial killer who mm-hmm. kind of broke the mold um kind of a, a throwback but also yeah. in the modern age I mean, he. This is a guy right. you thought would you would think by looking through his crimes and everything, this would have occurred in the '70s. But no, just happened a few years ago, and yeah. also broke the mold with his age when he really started serial killing. This guy was a late bloomer, big time. Very,
1: very. The average serial killer starts around age 28. This guy was mm-hmm. what in his 50s?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he insane. spent a lot of years living a lie, living in the closet, uh, trying. Right. You know, that was the era that he grew up in. We'll get into all that. Raised by a fanatical, uh, you know, very religious family, and mm-hmm. being a young gay man and having to hide that, and had a you know a show wife and family for a long time, and then finally, after his divorce, just became who he really wanted to be and started going crazy with it.
1: He, yeah, that's an understatement, at least. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> that he Like honestly, as brutal as he was, it's surprising he kept that shit in the box for 50 years or i mean he probably started feeling urges when most of the serial killers do in their late 20s early 30s and somehow he was able to keep that under wraps as far as we know i was going to say that being
0: said i mean there's also the possibility that you know there's more bodies out there Mm -hmm.
1: because you know with an alibi being a married man and being part of the community being religious all that i mean he had even a better alibi before once he divorced you know he's a little more of a sitting duck but uh before then and he had some I mean, pretty this, good alibi this is a guy that was uh, santa claus at the mall here he's <laughs> oh, a bit so of a creepy. poor man's
0: john wayne gacy in canada really
1: yeah <laughs> that's so creepy
0: <laughs> you know dude. john wayne had the had the whole clown thing going this guy was yeah. being fucking santa and he was perfect for it when you look at him he's got that that
1: rosy mm-hmm. red face the round the white beard and he, and even his voice wasn't threatening like nothing about right. this man was threatening Like when you hear him talk, his demeanor, his body language, his build, nothing was really threatening. Big advantage for a serial killer to be
0: non-threatening. Exactly. Exactly. Let's get into it. We're giving away too much. Let's
2: do it, man. Okay, sir. And your name is? Bruce MacArthur. And if you could spell it for me, please. Uh, B-R-U-C-E, and MacArthur, M, small c, capital A-R-T-H-U-R. Okay, sir. So, uh, an allegation has been made against you, and this officer in just a moment is going to let you know exactly what that allegation is, okay? So the allegations are that around 6.30 uh, p.m. this evening,
0: uh, you met up with a gentleman by the name of um, At the intersection of Bathurst and Finch, um, during the course of uh, of your involvement with him, there was an allegation made of assault, which, uh, in choking, uh, was the allegation made. That's basically why you're under arrest
2: today, for that assault. Okay. Okay. So, sir, if you would like to uh, provide us with your account of what occurred uh, earlier this evening. Well, I met, we talked about going for dinner, and I, he said he needed to take a shower, so I said I'd meet him at the Tim Hortons at Finch and & Dothurst, and um, so he arrived and um, we were going to have sex, and he suggested doing it in the back of his truck since it hadn't been used yet. It was a brand new truck. I said, well, there's more room in the back of my van. So we went to my van. Um, And we started um, kissing. And I put my hand down his pants, and he wanted me to squeeze his penis. But then he said he wanted harder, to pinch it, to pinch and pinch and pinch as hard as I could. So I did, um, and he got aroused by that. And um, so then I thought, okay, he likes it rough. So I put my hand to his throat, and just for a few seconds. Because he, before that, he, he's very strong. He just completely turned around and grabbed me by the throat. He said, and. and now I'm going to show you what I'm going to do to you. And he had me by the throat to the point that I couldn't breathe. So I put my hands like up in the air like surrender because I couldn't talk. And that's when he finally let go. And then he jumped out of the car. He said, um, "I don't want to see you again." So I sat there because I was kind of out of breath, and I thought he was getting his car to leave, because he started the car and it was running, he was running, because he was parked right beside me. And um, the next thing I heard him say, uh, it's 911 or whatever. And so I thought, oh gosh, he's calling the cops. And so um, I got out, and then he got out and and walked around and was taking my license plates and um, that. And so, um... That's when I got kind of uptight and I got in the car and I drove off. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, well, I should go and give my side of it, but I could not think of where a police station was in that area, so the only one I could think of was downtown, but then I realized there's one somewhere in Eglinton, and that's where I drove to. Has anything like this ever happened before where things got... Out of hand? I like that, man. no, not that quickly or not, you know, no, just like okay. that. Okay. Things happened. have never gotten violent? No. no. Okay. What part of the van were you in when this happened? Back seat. Back seat. Like the back seat or like the very back of? Well there's only one seat, actually the seats are all except for one seat. One bucket seat sitting in there. Okay. So That's there's a good room. And what was your, um, reason for bringing your hands up to his neck? What was your understanding? I just think I thought he liked it rough. Okay. He was getting off of that. Okay, sir. Just before we conclude, is there anything else you feel might be important to tell us before we uh, end the interview? Like what? I don't know what the middle of the to... Be able to it just, we always give people an opportunity to say something that maybe we haven't asked before we uh, conclude. I don't know, we've had sex, you know, numerous times, i never had a problem. Sure. Okay. Great uh, time that I have. is.
0: Uh Alright, let's get into Bruce MacArthur. Let us walk you through the most recent and brutal serial killer to stalk the streets of Toronto. If you guys remember a few years ago in 2018, we started getting reports down here in America about a possible serial killer in Toronto Mm -hmm. and other body parts being found in planters. These reports, uh, however, only really started across our borders once the gruesome details began to emerge. The American true crime buffs caught on to the scent of a new serial killer emerging on the scene. This would wind up being our case this week. Bruce MacArthur um because in January of 2018 the Toronto police finally apprehended the man who had been terrorizing the local gay community for the past 8 years and you know that the, the gay community in Toronto was like we've been fucking telling you they were going right. nuts like trying to push the police to investigate this harder and that's a whole whole their rabbit hole will go down in part 2 no the investigation into the actual police investigation itself you know where people basically were pointing fingers and saying that there was racism involved and why they they weren't because a lot of these victims uh mm-hmm. were of muslim descent um right and uh, also coming from the gay world as well so people were saying that they weren't investigating due to these things um so that man being the one that we are discussing today and if you haven't heard about the guy already that's because his crimes are still being brought to light uh to this day for the public to analyze. It's still so fresh. I mean, him being Mm -hmm. convicted in 2018, you know, it's only a few years ago, and there's still speculation that there's more victims out there that are going to be
1: connected to him. Man, I don't know. I don't know if there are going to be more victims, honestly, because all of his properties were searched, you know, and all of the, the victims that went missing in that area were all accounted for, you know, on his property as far as remains and whatnot his
0: property at the time when he's 69 though he had a whole other life with a family many years prior in the 80s mm-hmm. 90s i mean there, there could have been some highway dumps like we saw with randy Kraft back yeah. in the day where he went out to a gay bar killed a guy dumped him somewhere and the body was found but never connected to a killer no doubt Who knows?
1: that's a possibility always always yeah. like we said it's just super rare that someone would wait 50 years to act on these impulses mm-hmm so without further ado, let's get into the life,
0: the crimes, and the investigation that lasted much longer than it ever should have, <laughs> and dive into Thomas Donald Bruce MacArthur, who was born Jesus. on October 8th. Yeah, that's a lot of names, right?
1: Does he need some more first names, please? Can we throw a few more
0: in there? <laughs> Jesus. You can kind of assemble your own name however you want there. Yeah, want. really? <laughs> we could go with uh, Donald MacArthur, Thomas Bruce, Bruce right. Thomas, really, yeah, whatever you want to do. Seriously. It's perfect for a serial killer. Once again, you could just go around oh, making new aliases out of your could. own names. Just to I mean, reassemble mean, names. Yeah, just out and of your own names. And he wouldn't even name, be lying. Right? He'd be like, technically, <laughs> these are my names.
1: Right. It wouldn't even be that hard to remember. <laughs>
0: right. So he was born on October 8th, 1951, in the town of Lindsay, Ontario, to parents Islay and Malcolm, or Mac MacArthur. He shares a birthday with Bruno Mars, Nick Cannon, Matt Damon, and Sigourney Weaver. Jesus. A couple of great musicians. Uh, current day pop stars yeah cool. what a crew yeah and matt damon
1: <laughs> what <laughs> what's wrong with matt? <laughs> you talk like he's like the subpar person he's probably the richest person no. in this group no, he's, right he's Aside from maybe actor. bruno mars i don't know bruno mars yeah, Bruno's is killing, killing it. it i've heard he's yeah. a
0: great tipper too so I, I actually have a neighbor who's been a uh, dealer on the strip for many many years older mm-hmm. man really nice guy and bruno mars rolls into the casino he works at on a regular basis and fucking just blows everybody up with tips wow so i don't doubt on it. him that's pretty yes. cool man he like makes these people's weeks with his tips basically
1: made it worth their whole week of going to work just the tip he drops on them in one night oh i don't doubt so. it i don't doubt it he's killing it and then he's got that new group yeah. now silk sonic with anderson pock like mm-hmm. he's just he's killing he's staying relevant props to yeah. him
0: so Bruce would uh, then move in with his parents and sister to live in a farm in Argyle, which is near Woodville, about 60 kilometers north of Oshawa. The farm would serve not only as his home, but somewhat as a foster home for other troubled children that would come to stay and work with his parents. So they had a thing going where kids that were having trouble, they could be sent to to uh, this guy, this uh-huh. you know, the MacArthur farm, and basically get the... It's almost like a reform school, if you will, or a military academy almost in a sense that's how that's how strict bruce macarthur's parents were that the other bad kids were sent to to the macarthur farm to be straightened out basically
1: yeah and it's a great way to get some free labor as well so let's not kid ourselves yeah you know how big was this farm this is a great way to kill two birds one stone right do some Mm -hmm. community service while your farm's getting taken care of by other by kids
0: yeah, and their whole program was essentially hard work. So just get out there and work. Yeah, just dig holes, and and <laughs>
1: that'll that'll fix your bad behavior. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a uh-huh. sense,
0: it's not in, enti- entirely incorrect. Assuming they're not, it, they weren't beating these kids. A little uh, right. discipline and some uh, structure. That's why the military reforms so many young lost people. Um, it, well, it, the sometimes military sometimes it backfires, but oftentimes, yeah. you know, people that are kind of lost, young people that don't have any direction, and they're, they're acting out. Sometimes that the structure just really fits them, and it works. Well, I mean, they don't have time to act
1: out, you know. If you join exactly. the
0: military, exactly. or if you exactly. did this, nor do you on a farm, on You're, a real yeah, farm.
1: You don't have time to act out. You're working sun up to sun down. There's always something to do. There's, There's no something. idle hands, basically. Right, exactly. And we know those are the devil's playground and idle hands. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So the farm usually had between 6 and 10 kids, and the children would be sent by their families to learn discipline and the value of hard work. Um, These Mm -hmm. children would work on the farm during the days during chores as a way to pay for their room and board. Bruce's mother, Islay, was a devout Irish Catholic, and his father, Malcolm, was a devout Scottish Protestant. Mm -hmm. And these religious divisions often led to to loud arguments between his parents.
1: Can you imagine? That's That's different than the
0: arguments my parents had growing up. An Irish
1: Catholic? and (laughs) It's usually about my
0: dad going out too long and being with his friends at the bar or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. This is more like just, you know, arguments about finer points of the Bible and whatnot.
1: Yeah, this is something that's not talked about a lot. There's a lot of marriages where people practice completely different religions, and that kind of blows me away, honestly, because most – Religions demand so much from you. They demand that you give up so much. They demand these certain sacrifices. And it's, if your spouse doesn't is not on the same page as you, they're like, "Why are we doing this? Why are we giving?" It's hard 10% enough to having a household
0: Why? where it's hard enough having a household where we're like you had a Cowboys fan wife and a Packer <laughs> fan girl, <laughs> husband. <laughs> That's hard enough trying to decide who, which what your kids are going to be. Right. Obviously, they're both trying to influence them as
1: far as getting them on their side. So right now, imagine is a whole other. Beast. Imagine if you tied your purpose on Earth to your football team. Yeah, well, there's that's a lot gonna, of people that do, to <laughs> <Let's be honest. laughs> There's a lot of Raider fans whose whole identity is the Raiders. It's, it's really kind of sad. Well, you know, they spent a lot of money on that face paint, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's so, right. Yeah. yeah, That's silver and black, man. That shit's not cheap. You it's do a to whole it's it It's a whole vibe. It's a whole identity, man. There's, you're you're yeah. a Raider fan. It's it's uh, it's who you are. Speaking of, I'm gonna see if Andy will send me a picture of him and his brother. They they do that. They get when when Raiders come to Charlotte, they get all dressed up in like full Raider garb. They're like,
0: is he the guy with the spikes on the shoulders and stuff? Oh yeah,
1: you can't recognize him. <laughs> he's full out, man. He's 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 full nice. out Raider. He's, I know nice. he's got some pictures of a few games he's been to. I'm going to see if he'll send them to us. We'll, we'll put them up during this show. <laughs> Give you an that's example of you, some man. crazy these Ra- Raider these Raider, fans. <laughs> these Raider fans take it too far. <laughs> they do. <laughs> no, speaking of Andy, thanks for writing this timeline, bud.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great job, Andy. <clears throat> so Bruce, during these arguments, would often take his mother's side, causing tension between himself and his father. I feel like that's normal early on for boys to take their mother's side mm. early on. And then as they right. get older, and then they get they get hormonal, they get testosterone flowing in their teen years, then they start
1: having issues with their mom and more tend to go towards their dad. It seems pretty common. Right, right. That's well, their moms feel like they're losing them a little bit, right? They're interested in other women now. Yes. Yeah, or men, or just interested in other people. So, you know, you never know. There's a I weird moment it. of jealousy
0: from moms when their sons get a girlfriend, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a little weird.
1: Well, I mean, dads and daughters, too. I mean, hold up now. True, true. You know, it's just as right. bad. We're not in
2: the
0: city.
1: No, it's just yeah. as bad. It's just, if not right. worse, if not worse. Right.
0: So, despite the arguments, the strict rules that the family had to follow, there were never any claims of any type of mistreatment from the uh, from the children who passed through the farm, nor from Bruce or his sister. So, it didn't seem as though there was any real physical or verbal abuse going on. Just very mm-hmm. strict uh, set of rules for the children, expectations which. I'm sure most of the kids follow suit because what else were they gonna do? Like we said, idle hands, devil's playground, they they were there was not much else going on for them, so
1: Exactly. It was easier and I'm sure just the, to follow suit. Yeah, and I'm sure the tasks that they were given were not very difficult tasks. Just yeah. just long, long hours, just doing the same type of thing over and over again. Monotonous. The monotonous tasks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, to Bruce's claims, however, he believes his father may have picked up on some of his homosexuality early on, leading to more tension between the two as he grew into his teens. So he thinks his father yeah. started to get a vibe of you know his his preference and well, not preference, sexuality. He was born that way, but right. his father picked up on it and he thinks his father mistreated him a bit or treated him differently because of it. That's Which a possibility. if his father did believe that, then he absolutely would, knowing their background and the time period and all that. It was not really
1: going to be accepted in this household to be gay. That was one of the worst things that you could do. Exactly. And a a father who feels this way about homosexuality, who's so prejudiced against homosexuality, is going to be looking for these different things, right? He's going to be like, why does he always want to play with Justin? And and he never wants to do any chores with Britney. Like, what? Hmm, Mm -hmm. This is weird. You know, fathers are picking up on that type of thing. And I'm sure he made him feel like shit for it, too. Yeah, you know, there's been there's a lot of verbal abuse among serial uh, gay homosexual or homosexual serial killers. Rather, Mm -hmm. at least that's what we've noticed over the over the years. So this was rural
0: Canada in the 1960s, and there were also uh, two very devout religious parents that Bruce was being raised by Uh, as kind of people. His parents were the attitudes toward homosexuality at the time. were not the same as they are today. This led to a lot of shame and repression from Bruce, and as a desperate need he got to get older, uh, he had the desperate need to please his father as he got older. Yeah. His need to please his father would also carry over into his schooling, as he had been remembered by classmates as a teacher's pet and a suck-up, always tattling on his fellow classmates anytime anything happened. That's not a quick way to make friends.
1: Ah, dude, come on. Don't be a snitch.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Ah. He attended a one-room schoolhouse during his early schooling, and made it even, which made it even harder for him to make friends with the fellow boys around his age. Yeah, mm. if you're toddling on everybody and you're yeah. in a tiny little schoolroom with only yeah. a handful of kids, everybody knows at this point there's no hiding yeah, from they're, it.
1: Yeah, they're just over there standing in the corner glaring at him. All right. You son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to kick your ass at recess. No. <laughs> it's like they can see you, bro. <laughs> Where are they going right. to go? There is no principal's office. No.
0: No. <laughs> It would be, however, during this time at primary or secondary school, which would be high school for us in the U.S., that he met up with a woman. He would eventually have his first real long-lasting relationship with Janice Campbell, who would graduate the same year as Bruce in 1970 and go on to marry him when he was 23 years old. Okay, so he's trying to play the part. Yeah, he was doing this as a means to, you know, basically play the part, like you said, in society and try to hide the fact that he was gay. Right. Right very common for gay men at the time who didn't feel comfortable coming out for obvious reasons um, right. and would basically just go forth living a lie, mm-hmm. almost basically forced to by society um, indeed but despite being in the closet all this time, Bruce and Janice would go on to have two children of their own together, one girl and one boy who we will mention later on as having a bit too much of his uh, his old father in him so it was showing some uh, disturbing tendencies his boy later on in life
1: ah really yeah interesting then we'll talk, I didn't know we'll about, talk this. about that later yeah yeah i'm interested to hear about this okay
0: tragedy would first strike bruce however in the mid-1970s when his father was diagnosed with a brain tumor he would be sent to live out the rest of his life in a nursing home and his mother would actually start to date another man during this time mm. this new relationship would be short-lived however as in 1978 his mother would die herself from cancer The following not far behind would be his father in 1981, who finally succumbed to his brain tumor. And this was all by the time Bruce was 30. So he lost both of his parents to cancer by the time he was 30. Wow. And in a short window of time, like a three-year span, he lost both of them.
1: Right. Wow. That's tough.
0: He's living a tough life. I mean, he's you know growing up on a, a farm with a lot of structure, and he he's hiding who he truly is as a you know a young gay man, mm-hmm. having to get married and, and play out the whole family thing, and now right. his parents die by the time he's thirty. You got to imagine. You can like- you can see how he's building up. He's just storing all this. Like it's almost like you know now that I think about it, it's like he had a midlife crisis at fifty. A lot of. Yeah. people they they do what they've always wanted to do when they get that age where they feel like you know what i'm gonna die at some point what am i doing and yeah. i feel like it, it's it sounds crazy as shit because he's a serial killer but yeah he started like, acting out his fantasies at 50 during a midlife crisis clearly i'm surprised
1: honestly after his parents died he didn't just start then you know because yeah if what else did think, he have to uh, he
0: didn't he yeah. didn't have to impress his father anymore he was exactly
1: gone. And a lot of these gay men who, who put on this facade, usually it's for their families. It's not for strangers. Mm-hmm. They don't care, yeah. like, as far as what yeah. strangers think. It's usually for their fathers or for their mothers or for their grandparents. You know, it's it's 100%. for their family. And now his whole family is gone, and he still, he still holds this charade up for 20 years?
0: Well, I refuse to believe that he wasn't at least, you know, making up excuses on the weekends and stuff and going to gay bars. I'm sure he was at some point yeah. he, throughout his marriage early on, even when his parents were still alive. He had to have been... Um, yeah. But but yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just go fully into, yeah, I'm, I'm out of the closet and gay and all that stuff as soon as right? his parents died like you said. What do you have to lose at that point? Yeah. In 1979, he and Janice would move together to Oshawa where they would remain together until their eventual divorce. It was around this same time that Bruce would take a job as a traveling salesman for a clothing company called McGregor Socks. What a perfect job. What a fuck is that guy? You wanna these <laughs> socks? <laughs> buy these fucking socks or I'll knock you out mate <laughs> right
1: um, that's what he's gonna McGregor's gonna be selling socks if so he don't start winning fights <laughs> again
0: <laughs> he made enough money off that whiskey deal to get him by for a while
1: no doubt no doubt All right.
0: Um. but yeah I mean it's see once again I, I find it be- hard to believe that it's not possible that there's some more victims out there the traveling salesman is perfect for a serial killer to, to get rid it, of some you know, especially, while especially while you're married
1: especially while you're married you have so hey. many excuses I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost as good as a trucker. Yeah. It really is. As far as your excuse to be anywhere, your excuse to be stuck anywhere, you know. I mean, it, yeah. It's now that I know that this was his job at this time. There's no way he didn't he didn't dabble in some gay bars and whatnot, like you say. Maybe mm-hmm. rent a hotel for a night before it yeah. escalated to the violence that it you know that it ends up coming to.
0: Right. So despite having recently lost both of his parents and also with his, ex, his family growing larger, Bruce would go out on his sales trips for alone for extended periods of time. And this would leave police to later question whether or not he may have started having affairs while out on the road or, or, or if he'd possibly began killing back
1: then as we mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, you have to consider that. Consider, you have yeah. to, I mean, cause that was the perfect age too, right? He's 30. He mm-hmm. just turned 30. It's, Mm-hmm. It's just a prime time, man. Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah. And the 80s in America, bodies mm-hmm. were popping up all over the place. The era of the serial killer, I mean, yeah. easily I mean, he's, could have he's just Canada, some bodies still. across different state lines. Oh, yeah, Canada, North America, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Similar enough during this time. Easily, oh. could, I mean, it's so many rural parts of Canada that you could have just thrown bodies into the woods or whatever. And if you're... Right. Uh, if your victims are, you know, gay men during the eighties, they're not searched for, like we've mentioned. Many times in the past, most of our ser- successful serial killers, you know, targeted gay men at bars because they would the police would basically look for a day and then just move on. Mm-hmm. Oh, they must have ran off or whatever. You know how they live these lifestyles, that mm-hmm. whole thing. I'm sure it was yeah. no different up there.
1: Absolutely not.
0: However, during the majority of the 80s, Bruce seemed to live somewhat of a normal life on the, on the surface um, with his family in Oshawa in a very similar to, uh, sense to BTK. Bruce would heavily involve himself in his church with small groups to help try and keep himself occupied and away from the urges he had been forced to hide. Um, it wouldn't be until the early 1990s that the facade Bruce had been putting up for the majority of his life would begin to crumble away. It would be at some point around this time that he would get caught having several affairs with men by his wife, leading to his eventual coming out to her. So uh, you have to believe he was doing it the whole time, but he just got more brash yeah. over the years. I bet he was doing definitely. it in the eighties,
1: but he just got more cocky. Yeah. Uh, he was definitely doing it before his wife caught him. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's pretty like I say, I just don't think it escalated quite to that level of violence. Maybe it was more of a, a rough a rough type of sex, but maybe not, you know, killing people during sex at this time. Mm-hmm. Maybe who knows though? Like you say, he's out travelling, he's on his own a lot of possibilities here and of course he's never gonna he's never gonna admit to those absolutely not i yep. mean he didn't even admit to the stuff he got caught red-handed for so right he's never gonna admit to that pre-stuff yeah i wonder if maybe he um uh, even all of his murders
0: were it's possible that he just liked the roughness like he was he just was too rough mm-hmm. quite often i don't know if he even was intending to kill all of them, or if it just happened because he just got out of hand? Like See, it's, it almost seems like it was that type of murder where it was like, not so much a product killer where he wanted the body afterwards, more so just like he liked the domination and was far too rough with them and didn't know when to stop
1: and was like, "Shit, I did it again." Type of well, thing. Well, I don't know. I, I might would I might would be inclined to believe that if I didn't know how he was caught. Remember how he's caught? I know we might we probably won't get to it in this episode. It'll probably be next no. episode. But the way he was caught with that victim, he was trying to the kill. Bag that man. Over the head. <laughs> he was trying yeah. to kill that man. You don't put a bag over the head with duct tape. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough.
0: Fair enough, Touche. <sighs>
1: yeah, there's, there's that goes beyond the line of rough sex for sure. Yeah, there's too rough, and then there's I definitely can't breathe. No possible way I'm ever going to breathe. Right. Yeah, which is what this man, the situation this guy was in. So yeah. So even yeah. after Bruce's wife.
0: Um, You know, caught him with several men, they would remain together, married and live together for the next few years, probably for the sake of the family and children. But it would also be in 1993 when Bruce would lose his job in clothing sales and further strain the relationship. And despite them trying their best to hold the family together, the two would be under incredible financial stress from Bruce no longer having a sales job. And in 1997, they would have to mortgage their home and try to cover their debts. But eventually they had to declare bankruptcy in 1999. And at that point, there was no keeping there was no point in keeping this marriage together. I mean, right. Kids were getting older. It was like, why keep this facade up? And it was in 1997 that the couple began the process of separating from one another. Bruce would then move away from his wife and children to Oshawa from Oshawa to live in Toronto as Toronto had a much larger, uh, gay community than anywhere else nearby. Uh, Um, but it would be when Bruce arrived in Toronto that something inside him would be unlocked. this is when this midlife crisis hit, you know, it's like, he lost his parents. We talked about how he didn't have a lot of his life and the lie he was living was for his father. He didn't want to disappoint him. Right. His father's been dead for a while now. And now he had his family to kind of keep that thing going. Now that's gone. You know, he's moved away from them. They're divorced. He's lost all of his, anything he had financially going for himself. So what does he have to lose at this point? And Nothing. he just dives headfirst into you know into a, a gay lifestyle he probably
1: ha- wanted to have for many years. Right, and now he's in a community where it's not necessarily openly accepted, but it's a lot more accepted, at least in this area yeah. of Toronto, right? Because like when yeah. you look at pictures of this this district of Toronto where he did most of these killings, I mean, they had like rainbow crosswalks in the streets, like mm-hmm. rainbow flags on every building. Like it was, they were very perhaps open it was and the accepting. San Francisco of Canada at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it did kind of seem like that. It did kind of seem like yeah. that. So you know, maybe that kind of emboldened him a little bit. He's like, mm-hmm. "Wow, I mean, I can be my normal self just out on the street. So maybe when I get in private, I can, I can be who I really want to be, and take it the next level." Yeah. It's just sad he couldn't just
0: go on living a happy gay lifestyle like many, many do, and yeah.
1: it, you know. But instead, he had to turn it violent. He just, you know, was you know how to say. You know how you said that he may have choked people on accident maybe that's how it started right maybe we always he, see
0: that the almost yeah. always the first killing is an accident right and maybe yeah, serial an killers and, then, and then, he then they actually learn liked that they that. like it yeah, yeah they
1: learn that they like it he liked the power of it he liked that that person was completely defeated afterwards
0: it's and apparently killing is like a pringle or whatever like you can't have just one what is it a dorito dorito <laughs> a dorito
1: it's most chips.
0: Yeah, there really. was a there was a chip there was a chip company whose slogan is you can't have just one. Was it Lay's?
1: I think it was Lay's. But they make all those chips. Okay. You know, they make yeah, Doritos and all that. They yeah, all own. Frito-Lay the owns everything. Large corporation, right? Yeah, I think all and I think Pepsi owns all of those. Pretty crazy. PepsiCo. If you go on pepsico.com, you'd be surprised all the food Pepsi owns. It's pretty yeah. insane. They got their hands yeah. in everything.
0: Yeah. So a violent side of him that had never made its way to the surface before was soon about to be unleashed on the streets of the unsuspecting city. So let's get into his first crime. Well, not his first crime, I'm sure, but his first serious violent crime to this extent. While living in Toronto during the early years of his separation from Janice, Bruce would pursue his first actual relationship with another man. And this would go on and off for about four years while their divorce was finalized. Bruce would also begin to establish himself as a self-employed landscaper around the area, as well as his early years in Toronto, catering mostly to older women who seemed to completely, who seemed completely at ease around him. Yeah, he had a very, as like they you said, be. calming presence. Yeah, the jolly, you know, round man with a red face.
1: Yeah, Santa, yeah. if you will. Yeah, very, very passive, very friendly seeming. Like we talked about at the beginning, that's part of that was part of his tools, though. Yeah, part of what made him so unsuspecting. Right.
0: But at fifty years old. The true monster was about to come out. So rare for a serial killer to start mm-hmm. this late. Mm-hmm. Almost um, too rare. <laughs> right. Almost hard to believe. Yeah. So after meeting Mark Henderson online and engaging in sex with him prior to Halloween night, Bruce would be invited into Mark's apartment to see what costume he had prepared for the night. However, when the two would approach Mark's door to go inside, Bruce would strike Mark from behind with a metal pipe he would sometimes carry around for self-defense. That's no accident, there. You know, That's I, keep, no accident. Like, I keep forgetting that his first crime was straight up bashing a dude over the head with a fucking metal pipe. That's no well, like the first oh, one I got we a know about. Of hand in the, bed.
1: the first one we know about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I guess, yeah. I'm saying the very first time he got this violent inkling, probably he didn't mean to kill somebody, or maybe he didn't. Maybe he put him on the verge of death. But like at this point, at fifty, he's already. He's already ready to take it to the next level, obviously. But it's crazy—he was with this guy for four years before yeah. he whacks him over the head. Right? It's, this one feels so long like
0: game. impulsive and, and like out of control. Like the whole the details of it. As he approaches door to go inside, I'm assuming there was no one inside, right? Like so, like why would he not wait another three steps until the door is closed and bash him in the head in the house? Why do it on the fucking doorstep? I don't mm. know. It was, just, it was bizarre. And then yeah. he he leaves him. He struck him multiple times, fracturing his skull and injuring his hands as well from defensive wounds. Yeah. Not knowing what – is this a, a level of, like, hatred for himself and his gay, his, his gay lifestyle and he's taking it out on a, another gay man? We see that from time to time. I guess. Maybe some stuff stirred up
1: from his childhood. He started yeah. to remember all those awful things that was said to him. And maybe, yeah, maybe he hated himself and then saw this guy as someone who was bringing out the worst in himself.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird, right? Because it seems as though he planned to kill this dude on the door on his doorstep and then leave, and and the which way he he, does he nearly it. did, he nearly did. It's amazing this guy
1: survived. And the way he does it, like almost every other victim was asphyxiation of some sort. Yeah. And then yeah. this guy, a guy, like I said, a guy he was with for four years, Lord, that's what blows me yeah. away about this. It's not like he met him at a bar and then that night attacked him like that. That's serial killer behavior. But four years and then all of a right. sudden you just whack this guy with a pipe one day. What happened? Dude. Maybe he just wanted to get out of the relationship? Maybe he felt stuck. I don't I don't know, man. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Was this for sure the guy that he was with for four years?
1: Yeah. It says he was on and off uh he was on and off with this guy for four years. Where do you see that at? Right here. Bruce would pursue his first actual relationship with another man. This would go on and on, on and off for about four years while the divorce was finalized. So maybe that's why it wasn't like taken very serious because maybe it was just somebody he was hooking up with. Maybe they weren't really together, but it was like for the first couple of years, maybe they were just like, eh, you know, I'm kind of lonely or whatever, hit mm-hmm. me up. And, you know, I can't do anything until the divorce is final. I don't wanna do anything that looks makes me look worse. And like, you know, because during a divorce, if you're, if you're doing more things, against your spouse then you could lose more right her attorney might be like well because he did this and that embarrassed her that drug her name through the mud so now he needs to pay her such and such for this and that so he had to kind of keep it under wraps for a little while and then maybe right you know four years after the divorce is completely finalized now they're living together and he actually is alone with this man uh for a long period of time yeah i don't know
0: who knows it's bizarre um i have no idea but uh he he you know bashed him multiple times on his doorstep fracturing his skull injuring his hands as well from defensive wounds and not knowing what to do at this point or maybe thinking he had actually killed mark bruce fled the scene leaving mark behind unconscious and bleeding profusely mark would eventually regain consciousness and was able to call for an ambulance to come and bring him to the hospital he would require multiple stitches to his head and hands as well as six weeks of physical therapy following the attack Mm. The day after the attack on Mark Henderson, Bruce would willingly turn himself in, which is a trend we would find mm-hmm. throughout this case. He would kind of try and beat the victim to the police and tell his side first and get their trust. Yep. And it seemed to work out for him.
1: Well, like like we talked about, he did have a really harmless demeanor. He really looked like yeah. somebody and who wasn't violent. Didn't
0: have much of a criminal background at this point either, so right. the police wanted to believe him. Yeah. He had a family, a, a and everything family else. man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yep, a godly man. Uh Uh-huh. Claiming to have no memory of the attack as well and no plausible idea for why he had uh, committed the act on Mark was his story to police. So he basically said, I don't know why I did it or I don't even remember doing it, but somehow you're going to police to tell them. Why turn yourself in if you have no memory of the attack? Mm Mm-hmm. He would also... uh, um, you know, basically let them believe that he did it maybe because of poppers at the time. You know, a, a drug that was pretty popular in the gay community during the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Uh, which what, gives you like a temporary ecstasy, high. Or is it like it, a... It's amyl nitrate. It's like a, it gives you like a head high and a head rush and it increases your heart rate and stuff. I looked into it a bit. Okay. Um, it gives you just like this, you know, temporary high
1: apparently. Yeah. It's like a big time upper. Kind of like cocaine-ish, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I believe so. I believe okay. so.
0: So police, you know, theorized that maybe that may have had something to do with it—that he was on those, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Maybe he was, but yeah, you never know how a lot of people do react. them and don't bash people over the head with pipes as well. That so. is also true.
1: That is yeah. also true.
0: So Bruce would plead guilty to charges of assault with a weapon as well as assaulting, causing bodily harm. This would land him a sentence of seven hundred and twenty-nine days. However, it would be—he w- would be able to avoid serving any time behind bars after the judge allowed him to serve the first year of his sentence under house arrest. So basically gave him a slap on the wrist that was followed by three years of probation and a few bullshit rules about not visiting uh, male prostitutes, not possessing paupers and not owning a firearm for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's not really that strict of probation, honestly.
0: Right. Because you know, so a year of house arrest and then basically uh, quit being crazy, quit living this, uh, this lifestyle or whatever. Yeah,
1: but you can quit, still qu- quit get people. dealing with
0: sex sex workers, no drugs, and no guns. Right, right. Yeah, hmm. nothing in there about going to gay bars or anything. Obviously, judge right. can't tell him not to do that. That's his exactly. own you know lifestyle. So this charge would eventually be expunged from his record in 2014, which is unfortunate because it would have been nice to have that record of him violently assaulting an innocent man. Uh, yeah. Just four years before he really dives into you know just a few years before he's diving into serial killing full-time is this,
1: is this a canada thing i mean or do you think <laughs> this, i don't i just don't think an to attack to expunge this it so violent, quickly yeah i don't think an attack this so violent quickly. gets expunged at all in the u.s i feel like you're never getting that off of there unless you know somebody you probably shouldn't yeah, you probably shouldn't you shouldn't you beat a man and left him for dead yeah i mean it's a miracle he's still alive honestly absolutely you, you in all intensive purposes it should have been attempted murder really you tried to kill him
0: yeah it should have been attempted murder
1: absolutely that's what yeah. i'm saying an assault that bad and an armed assault that bad yeah no signs of of trying to defend yourself no signs of self-defense on his part so yeah man that, that something that bad can't be expunged it's like a rape rapes can't, shouldn't be yeah. expunged you know what i'm saying ever right, right.
0: In the years following the attack on Mark Henderson, Bruce would become a regular in the Toronto gay village scene, frequenting gay bar, or frequenting visiting bars and nightclubs around town, and continuing to try and hook up with younger men. He would sign up for numerous gay dating apps and would try to and would begin listening listing his interests as rough sex, BDSM, and submissive men.
1: Mm-hmm. He's trying to be a master or a, or yeah. a dom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, trying to be Master Bruce. Yep.
0: Yeah. It would also be during this time period that Bruce would set up his landscaping company, Artistic Designs, where he would not only work alongside current sexual partners, but also some of the men he would eventually, who would eventually fall victim to his hidden rage, very much also don't, reminding you. Don't say you, it. Don't say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't you say it? Yeah, but old uh, JG baby had his employees That's working for young employees review. working for him. <laughs> landscaping company it's so and he true. had what he everybody's had what a contracting company
1: everybody's thinking it it's so gacy yeah. man it is. it is it is he's the canadian he, gacy he just he, was he
0: didn't kill as many but he was he was on a, a war path to do so before he was caught yep but he did bury gacy them around the property. Gacy, like gacy had the advantage of the era gacy, gacy had the 70s to work with whereas this dude's working in the, the 2000s where mm-hmm. there's just so many more ways to get caught now you know and oh, there's, yeah. we're we're so much more aware of serial killers now that when a few bodies pop up with similar tendencies, they're immediately connected as a serial killer. Whereas Casey was just kind of flying under the radar for years. Oh yeah, And uh, at and will.
1: A, yeah, being a pillar of the community. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Mm.
0: But uh, I think this about wraps up part one of this this uh, two parter here. Right on, Bruce MacArthur. We're going to get into the nitty gritty in part two and get into. A bunch of disappearances of of men who were many many of them living double double lives many of them yes. having families as bruce once did and they start disappearing um people in the, thi- in the gay scene in toronto start mm-hmm. yelling at police saying you need to investigate these they're lackadaisical at best yes. in the investigations and we'll get into all of that and eventually him getting caught about as red-handed as you could imagine with a a duct taped bag over a man's head
1: in the act of sex Mm -hmm. and we're talking pretty recent guys we're talking like in the last decade 2010 these started so this is not but and he was
0: caught in what 2017 so yes five years ago when we were doing this podcast he got caught i know that's crazy
1: that's crazy but it just goes to show man it's it's just crazy that that type of prejudice that type of issue within the police department was still happening in a city that had such a large gay population Mm -hmm. in 2010 i mean or, or in 2015 to 17 like it's just hard to believe it's easy to write that stuff off 70s 80s but 2010 come on now like Well, we'll get into their
0: investigation. We'll get into whether we think that it was maybe overblown by the public. Maybe they Mm -hmm. were doing their jobs, uh, but people just weren't happy. They wanted more done. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to dive more into our research into the second half of this case next week.
1: Absolutely. And we'll
0: give our conclusions on whether the public outrage was warranted or whether it was overblown and the police actually did, did do their jobs. Um, it's, it's right. not easy, you know, investigating multiple homicides and connecting them to, to one person and getting enough evidence gathered up to, to get a conviction and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it takes time, I, no matter I how hard you're trying.
1: But I think what angered the public was the consistency in victims, right? These these yeah. victims looked the same. They had mm-hmm. the same type of lifestyles. They were the mm-hmm. same. Most of them were the same nationality or pretty, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so I think that is what really irritated people. When you start having all these victims in the same area and they look alike, mm-hmm. it's like, come on now, nobody Clear wants to M-O, say that. Right. Nobody wants to say the s word, but we got a serial killer going on right here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And it's just, I think that was the hesitancy. Like we don't have serial killers like this in 2010. Like, get the fuck yeah. out of here. But in reality, yeah, he was one of the last ones. You know who was that? Who was the guy? Uh, Little. Uh, what was his last? What's his first name? The guy that oh, just got convicted not that long ago. Yeah. We need to cover him as well. He's another one that was still in, pro- still working. Samuel well. Little, right? Samuel Little was still yeah. working well into the 2000s. You know, another Confessed one. to I'm,
0: killing 93 people.
1: 93 people.
0: 93. He was. The, I think he has the highest kill rate in U.S. history, right? If it can be proven. And probably not by a, a small margin either. That's pro- well, That's a I lot. That's an unbelievable amount. That is, like well, Randy, I, Randy had an unbelievable amount and he was like, what,
1: 60 or something like that? I was going to say, Randy Kraft, Randy Kraft had like 70 something on that list, I'm pretty sure. I want to say yeah. he had like 72, uh, you know, code words on the list, mm-hmm. which, you know. They didn't what, connect all of them to victims. No, but they connected more than but half. You know
0: they were, you know they were victims. Right, they that's no what I'm saying. put those on there otherwise.
1: Right, if you connected more than half of them, what are the rest of them? It's not a shopping list, you right. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh uh yeah. old Samuel Little though. We should we should get into him eventually. Maybe we'll do a Patreon on him. Right. I'm sure that's that's a that's a two parter waiting to happen as well. Yeah. But Well all right. Do a
0: two parter of Oh my Gaia in your armpits. You one should. on each side.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> just do a one parter. <laughs> <laughs> so, you don't need a single armpit.
0: stinky pit walking don't, around don't, like that. Have you ever you done need, that? then you you never know which side a person needs to be on. You need to have them on your good side. <laughs>
1: Have you ever got distracted, like halfway putting on deodorant, and then only put probably. on probably? I
0: have two kids, so yeah, probably at some point I have one <laughs> yeah. pitted it.
1: I think that, but I, I can't think of a time in particular that I have. I'm like I usually wear it or I don't. You know, if I forget, I forget right. completely, and then I'm, you know, I'm regretting that immediately mm-hmm. in the car. Uh, <laughs> but guys, if you haven't already, replace your your aluminum deodorant with something more natural, with with a deodorant that is good for you. It lasts all day. It smells amazing. And the best part is, you're not putting metals in your armpits, right? If you're using yep. Oh My Gaia. Because Oh My Gaia is an innovative, all natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor causing bacteria while still maintaining effectiveness. And at Oh My Gaia, they use only all natural paraben and aluminum free organic ingredients, like we said. And guys, there's tons of scents. Uh, we have our own scent, True Crime Pine, as well. If you guys don't know where to start and you love True Crime Guys, that's a great place to start. Check out, you can check that out at omigaya.com. There's also Barbershop, Sailor, Sweet Pea, Pear, Bergamot Amber, Fireside, Honeysuckle, Lumberjack, Leather, Dreamsicle, uh, Coconut, Egyptian Musk, and so much more, guys. And because you're True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the code word CREEPER, C-R-E-E-P-E-R. And you can get 15% off your order. And that's at omigaya.com or at shop underscore gaia on Instagram. Again, that's omigaya.com O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com. You won't regret it, guys. Check it out and don't forget to use code word creeper. You also will not regret uh checking out our
0: tonic C B D sponsor. Tonic has formulated C B uh it's formulated. Uh, products using CBD, adaptogens, herbs, and superfoods, and has been working to deliver the most effective, intentional, and sustainable products possible since 2017. Their farm-to-bottle CBD plus botanical blends are uniquely formulated to, to provide targeted support where you need it most. They have a bunch of different blends depending on your needs. Chill, grounded, flex. What's your favorite, Michael?
1: Um, gosh, I, I really like Lately, grounded. it's been
0: chill for me. Grounded? Chill really, really seems to just, it's got the ashwagandha and the lemon balm. Yeah.
1: And, Chill is great, but I just I don't know. I feel like grounded just helps a little bit more with anxiety, and I think it just may be simply because it has the highest level of CBD. CBD it's fifteen. Yeah. It's fifteen hundred milligrams uh, mm-hmm. in the grounded. So that's a great one if you if your mind races at night right before you you know you got your head Shuttle on the pillow. Settle that shit down. That's right. Take you a little dose yeah. of a grounded underneath the tongue. It it says it it uh it says to hold it for thirty seconds, but I sometimes I'll hold it until it's gone. Like, I'll just sit there and I'll I'll take a dab, uh, you know, under my tongue and just lay back in bed and just let it sit there. I'm sure it gets
0: into your bloodstream quicker, for sure. Give it a shot and go to tonicvibes.com. Use code word creeper for 20% off your order. With uh, values rooted in quality, integrity, and sustainability, Tonic is committed to creating plant-based wellness products that are good for the people and good for the planet. Once again, tonicvibes.com, code word creeper for 20% off your order. You won't regret it.
1: Right on. Right on. What else will you not right. regret checking out our patreon not, page for two dollars a month or 20 bucks
0: for a year i mean right can you get a better deal than that in today's in today's economy
1: no you cannot. can't get a better deal i think it i think taxes and all for a whole subscription on the two dollar tier is 21 dollars like for a year that's incredible and then if you want to if you want to bump up to the five dollar tier it's 54 uh you save you save 10 percent by jumping on the annual pledge And on the five dollar tier that's where everything is everything exists on the five dollar tier there's so much content going on there every single day and uh and all of that stuff is mentioned in our outro if you listen to the very end of every episode now we're going to put a little a little tcg uh kind of an update and let you guys know when everything is released all those shows on patreon you'll kind of be in that loop from just uh, shorts, just released five minute murder this morning yeah Five Minute Murder—they just keep getting better, dude. I, I noticed Thank you're getting you. a lot of good feedback on Five Minute Murder lately. It's—it is amazing, guys. If you like those YouTube channels where they do true crime and and you know they show you pictures and they show you like short videos and and it's back and forth between them and the host, you're gonna love Five Minute Murder. That's exactly what Lauren's doing on Five Minute Murder, and you know it's always interesting cases. It's cases that have been a lot of times been solved by DNA. Yeah, it's right. mostly
0: newly breaking cases, like old solved cold case files uh, cases mm-hmm. that have been solved recently, involving right. genealogy, for the most part, the cases, um, because every week, all you have to do is Google, you know, case solved. And yes. there's endless uh, examples of 40 year old cases, 50 year old cases that are solved recently, thanks to like Narab- uh, Paraben Labs. they're breaking all these cases with uh, genealogy. And right. I'm, I'm bringing all the newest cases that are getting broken to you each week on five minute murder. So,
1: yeah, right on. So if you guys are interested in that, like we are, we love seeing that justice. We love seeing these people who thought they got away, you know, get found out by DNA. It's amazing. Um, and then also we have shows like Strange Shorts, where it's very similar to uh, it's very similar to Side Stories. It reminded me, of, you know, because you're wearing oh. your last podcast shirt, yeah. you know, last podcast they do a, they do a little segment called Side Stories, and that's kind of like what Strange Shorts was. I didn't even know about Side Stories when I started it, um, mm-hmm. but Strange Shorts was different when I started it. And then Andy Andy came on, he's a big last podcast fan and whatnot, and he told me about Side Stories. Uh, So I was like, yeah, I'd love to do something like that. So it's kind of just off-the-cuff, weird things in the news. Some of them are crime-related and whatnot. And then, of course, we also have Sandu Stories, which is our basically audio theater show. And we have the Patreon exclusive for True Crime Guys every month. Uh, We have Higher Thoughts. I just released episode 10 of season 2 of Higher Thoughts uh, this past Friday. And I I got episode 11 in the works now. So, guys, there's tons of stuff going on, patreon.com. And you may have noticed that our old episodes are slowly disappearing. Uh, 50 of our episodes, our oldest episodes, 1 through 50, are going in the vault. They are currently going in the vault right now, day after day. Every day, a new episode's going into the vault. And then we'll take a break for a while. So and how do you get the code
0: from, to the vault, Michael? Uh,
1: that's patreon, patreon.com. Slash True Crime Guys. So two dollars tier gets only you $2 access to, to those, tier. right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, the two dollar tier will get you access to all the vault episodes. So if you want to start from the beginning, two dollars a month, and it will also get you access to all of the Patreon exclusives for True Crime Guys. So basically, if you're you can listen to every True Crime Guys episode on that two dollar tier, and then everything else that we create that's not like these episodes that you're listening to here is on the five dollar tier.
0: That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, you, yeah, for $2 a month or 20 bucks a year, you can hear every True Crime Guys episode ever made.
1: Yep. Basically. Yep. All the way back from number one, Randy Kraft. Yep. yep. All yep. right. Right on. Anything else? I think that's about it, man.
0: Right on. We'll see you next that's week right. for part two, and we'll really dive into the nitty-gritty, the actual murders themselves, the bodies yes. being unearthed um, by the gardener, the Santa Claus gardener yeah. here. <laughs> the and, Santa Claus uh, gardener. And then all of the controversy that followed with uh public outrage as to you know the, the police's handling of the investigation and whatnot and we'll get into all that in part two so see you next week thanks for listening have a great week keep creeping keep creeping guys true crime
2: guys
1: in the desert we like a mirage it's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was true crime garage now we ain't mad at you, sit down, let us talk at you I'm talking to the creeper army, we out here, making murder, get murder, get murder. True crime true crime. in the desert we like a mirage It's okay if you clicked on us, cause you thought we was true crime garage Now we ain't mad at you, sit down, let us talk at you I'm talking to the creeper army, we out here, making murder charming From the minds of True Crime Guys, come TCG Weekly. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out all the other programs on the TCG network.
2: Every Wednesday, a new episode of True Crime Guys proper, Strange and Unexplained on Mondays, and Full House Fantasy Football on Fridays to start your weekend if those aren't enough, head on over to our Patreon account, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of content, including older episodes and other Patreon exclusives like Strange Shorts, Sandu Stories, Higher Thoughts, and the 5-Minute Murder Show.
1: But until next time, guys, keep creeping. Hey, how do you, how do you shut this thing off? You're your mouth, boy.